0: Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year. Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period. Hundreds of coding scenarios and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information. And use our promo code GEEK. 10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code G E E K 10 for special pricing. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast, go to TheHaugenGroup.com slash shop and use promo code Geek15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to TheHaugenGroup, H-A-U-G-E-N, group.com shop and use our promo code Geek, geek one at checkout.
1: You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified.
0: Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our listeners have an iPhone, so please pick up your device and go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a rating and a review. Check us out on social media. You can find Medical Coding Geek and Not Also Classified on Facebook and Instagram. You could also join our Facebook groups medical coding geeks rhia rhit exam support group the cdi network we also have a not also classified community group page and i also opened up a medical coding him and cdi marketplace lastly you can find me brian qui last name is spelled cui on linkedin today in the podcast we continue our conversation with brian simpson So again, this is a two-part series. So if you have not listened to part one, please pause this episode and go listen to part one. So Brian, the self-proclaimed CDI geek, continues his discussion about many topics, including attending CDI conferences and symposiums, his thoughts on the difference between the CCDS and CCDSO credential. We talk about how to approach people for advice especially on Facebook groups and LinkedIn and we get into the conversation about diversity in the CDI workplace where he's in the middle ground where he's neither a nurse or a medical coder and then of course we also talk about some physician engagement scenarios so without further ado here is my continued conversation with Brian Simpson enjoy
1: I've been a member of many organizations throughout my almost 30 years. And, um, like, uh, is great, but Actis has just been by far the most rewarding, informative, helpful organization I've been, you know, so many references. Um, everyone's always so great. Um,
0: Have you been to a conference? Have you been to
1: one of their conferences? I have not, um, okay. and be, I because of the bronchiectasis, I have a lot of hemoptysis,
0: mm. so
1: it's not very safe for me to fly. Oh, okay. But prior to the pandemic, I was planning on going to the outpatient symposium in November in Phoenix. Okay, my I have a, a best friend that is a professor there, and so I was going to make a vacation of it maybe possibly take the train, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but then that was canceled. I I do have Dallas on my site for this coming May, though. Okay. I would really like to make it.
0: Where, where are you from, by the way? I never even asked that. Where Where, where do you live?
1: I, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm about an hour east, or I'm sorry, west of Penn State University.
0: Okay. All I'm right.
1: about two and a half hours from Pittsburgh, Erie, and Buffalo.
0: <laughs> my, my first experience with Actis uh in person was with the was was the Actus conference in Orlando so uh you mentioned they're great they're oh. really great i the, the community there when you're when you're there uh is wonderful because you know you you see the vendors the, all the people that you see on on linkedin <laughs> they were yeah, there yeah. uh and it's great because i i think linkedin is, is a great platform to connect Uh, And I've mentioned this before in in terms of, you know, when you go to conferences, you you connect on LinkedIn, but it's it's uh, use LinkedIn to connect in the conferences. And I think because if I didn't have LinkedIn, uh, I wouldn't have done a lot of the networking that I've done in person. You know, I've met um, Dr. Zouane. I met Terrence Govender, uh, a whole bunch of people. And when I spoke. Uh, it was a way like when you, when I spoke, you saw me, I was posting, I was just like, even though they, they're not going to go or they may not attend, I'm going to put it there because you never know who's going to be at the conference. And they say, Oh, I saw your post. And and I saw that you're there. I didn't attend your presentation, but I came to see you, uh, you know, just to say hello, just to say hello. You know, that, that was it. And, uh, those, those moments are, are, are really nice. You know, so Hopefully one day uh, when all of this stuff blows over, um, you know, we, you know, you can go to a conference or hopefully one day we can meet. Because that's that's one one of the well, that's at least for 2020 was one of my goals uh, to meet some of the people that I uh, that I interview. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I, and I, ho- I was hoping 2020 to be that. But of course,
1: <laughs> we, yeah.
0: that can happen
1: i tell you though actus is like 80 percent RNs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so you have to have your game on <laughs> yeah
0: when i when i had talked to uh the other brian <laughs> brian murphy <laughs> brian oh. murphy and how he grew the uh the, so well i don't think he grew it he was it, the, the association grew on its own when cda first started mm-hmm. people were hungry for knowledge and uh you know, trying to find a community or a place. This is pre Facebook groups, by the way, <laughs> you know, before, yeah. there was Facebook groups, but it's not the way Facebook groups are now, you know, in, in terms of like, where do I find information? If I had, if I want advice, where do I go? And, you know, this was pre Facebook days. So then, you know, Actis decided to form and and Brian Murphy was given the, the title of director uh, when it first started. So to me, when I look at Actis, you know, AHIMA is like for HIM and coders, maybe some RNs, but but I think because of the response that uh, when CDI was recruiting nurses, they they mm-hmm. wanted an association or somewhere to go, a community to follow so that way they can connect and, and share ideas and Actis was that. So y- you're right. A lot of the percentage of, act as members or nurses because yeah. the the organization itself captured that need, captured sure. it right away. And I and I told him, I told Brian in, in the interview, I said, you <laughs> you captured a great piece of the market because mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you think about that, that's really the most interested people in CDI right so
1: yes
0: uh, it, of, you know so when you think about because they're more intrigued into that because they see it as another avenue to leverage their RN their clinical nursing you know, uh, skills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. etc and, and it was a great transition um, you know then with the HEMA HEMA you know then got their CDI peak. so what happened was you know from a history standpoint you have Actis then I'm like boy Actis is around and I, this was like around 2006 2007 I'm like, can can Ahima do something? <laughs> you know, because I had I had my RHIA and and then and and I'm thinking about, oh. do I need another? Uh, do I need another? You know, do I need to sign up for for Actis right now? And, and I'm like, come on, mm-hmm. come on, Ahima, come on, Ahima, <laughs> do something, do something, and, and and then they came out with the CDIP, but then I'm like, I'm not. I didn't gonna realize t-. that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to get the CDIP right away. I'm not going to be the test dummy <laughs> to get the, C, the first one, you know, like the, the first. So I had to wait. I had to wait. And then they had no study guide. And I'm like, I, I'm done waiting because, <laughs> you know, I'm done waiting for this study guide. And I took it mm-hmm. in 2015. And can, can you guess what? As soon as I took that CDIP, October 2015, was it 2000? Yeah, October 2015, when ICD-10 hit. The next year, they came out with their study guide. (laughs) I was like, "You're kidding me, right? You're kidding me."
1: I I have a similar story about that. With with the CCDSO, I had ordered the study guide, and it was supposed to be released, I believe, in late September, early October, and I had scheduled. The CCDSO for November second, and I thought I could reschedule. And I believe I got the notification that it was going to ship the Monday after I took the exam. Oh, (laughs) so I said I'd like to cancel that, please. You know, but the, the the CCDSO, if you know outpatient coding and you know risk adjustment that's what it is
0: yeah that's what i wanted to find uh, out like what's what was the so you've took you've taken the ccds first right and then the ccdso without revealing too much because i don't want actors to 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 call me and say well you're revealing too much about the exam what what would be the major difference between the ccds and the ccdso
1: the uh, basically the coding guidelines and the um addition of risk adjustment there's quite a bit of risk adjustment on the ccdso i had just prepared for that and learned it the, the prior year so it was all uh fresh in my mind i had taken doug palmer's
0: okay. course okay
1: and um in fact that's the venue that we had um exchanged when you asked me the question it was on yep. the cdi the lectures CDI that you did yep. on mm-hmm. his um site
0: yeah yeah and so when I, when you came on, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like, I know that name. I know Brian Simpson. And I'm like, you know what? You know, because the thing is that whenever I do a webinar, I I always engage. Right. And, and I'm like, you know, and I always start off. I always started off uh, in my sessions uh, because it was called the forum. Uh, this is not a webinar. This is really just an opportunity for us to discuss. And I always say that at the beginning. And and I'm like, and every time I, I talked, the audience was very, was very quiet. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, hello. yeah. And because I always pose questions. And I'm like, you know, and, and <laughs> in the beginning, when I when I was with them, uh, it was hard because nobody, they came in because they thought it was a webinar and they were expecting just me to give their information and when i turned it around i said no this is not a webinar this is really i want you to discuss and and i i really i really asked the questions in a way that it wasn't uh because even though they didn't know even though they didn't know the question i wanted mm-hmm. them to tell me that you know i I really wanted the feedback from the audience to tell me no i don't know it or Or tell me what you know about it and give me a foundation as as an educator, as somebody who's 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 right now in front of you talking to you to give you tell me where you're at. So that way I can kind of build on top of what you need to know so that way you can Mm -hmm. walk away with what you need. And, And that to me always has been my foundation of learning and even with my kids, even with my kids, they ask me a question. Well, tell me what you know. Can you communicate to me yeah. first uh, exactly what I the agree. problem is? And if they can't tell me that, then I can't give you a solution. Sorry, <laughs> you, you gotta turn around. You gotta turn around, go back to your room, yeah. and, and figure out what your problem is before you come out with all of this emotion. You know, with this all of this emotion yeah. coming to me, figure out what your problem is. Communicate that <laughs> problem to me. And then I'll give you the solution or if, even if I don't have the solution, you know, can, I will give you some form of direction. And it's not just my kids. It's people on Facebook groups um, and, and people when I do webinars because I, you could tell, like, I really want to. It's not I don't want people to listen to me. I want to hear the people in the audience. And I think that's more of like a paradigm shift trying to figure out, like, really, <laughs> you want me to tell tell you? what my problem is or tell you what I know. Cause even though, cause they may be, they may be like, um, mm-hmm. they may be ashamed. Like, you know, Oh gosh, I, I'm not the expert. Well, I'm, I didn't no. say that you were the expert or I'm not expecting you to be the expert. I want you to no. tell me the, the, the amount of information and knowledge that you know, so that way we can build upon that. And then, and then, and going back to what we just mentioned before, <laughs> I, I either, I had like some type of form of block in my head uh, and I'm like, and I see your name and I, and I was, I was like respiratory. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to give it to Brian. Because so that way he can kind of give me that little piece of information. And then I'm like, okay, then I can continue on forward.
1: <laughs> um, you know, you said about connecting with people through social media, mm-hmm. through the CDI summit in Baltimore a couple of years ago, yeah. my path crossed with Sherry Poe Bernard. Mm-hmm. um, you know, probably the, uh, resource for risk adjustment. And, mm. and I have learned so much from her, um, purchased her textbook and reached out to her with so many questions. And, you know, it's just people that are so willing, like yourself to answer and help and like foster the education of others. So it's, you know, it, it's just been like, I haven't had one bad experience with, contacting someone or asking Mm -hmm. a question, whether it's on a Facebook page or, you know, through an email or anything. I've just been very fortunate. It's like everything in my life has prepared me for this, (laughs) you know, um, just one step after another. It's like Mm -hmm. um, it it was it was meant to be for me. And that's how I feel it is.
0: Yeah. The reason why you're getting so much information and I'm going to turn it, I'm going to give you a compliment is because of your approach. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's like, give me, I need help. You know, uh, I'm not in desperate help. <laughs> there's there's right. a difference, but but sure. you came in like, I need help, um, and I need advice. And you, I, I think right. when when people ask for advice, they need to be open to the advice that they receive. Now, I'm saying that because I'm the I'm the administrator the the group administrator for medical coding geeks you're in it probably right mm-hmm. and <laughs> and this just happened today and so where somebody ask a question and this is where emotional intelligence comes into play somebody ask a question and and the problem is with with facebook groups is that you know it, it's all typed I, and i'm hoping one day that facebook groups become more like this you know or you see the person and you can talk But the approach, you know, a lot of the the um, the the message or the way it's portrayed when it's typed can be lost, and Mm -hmm. and when people read certain responses, (laughs) because this happened today. Oh yeah, and I had I had I had one of my moderators. Call me up, Laura. She called me. Well, we we chatted on Facebook. It was like there is a big issue here. Not a big issue, but the, an issue that she had to deal with, and where somebody asked a question, and the term that was brought about the 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 response was snippy, <laughs> you know, and 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 immediately the the post was kind of like shut off, and then because as a, as administrators we have to. Oh, man, I don't want to say babysit, but you know, kind of reinforce the rules, be the referee, you know. And because so, mm-hmm. I have, I have, you know, in in the Facebook group, the rules. Before you can even get into the group, you have to kind of, you know, uh, right. answer the questions and then scroll down and then click agree to the to the rules. And one of the rules is just be polite. You know, be mm-hmm. be polite and professional. Right. And sometimes. I think some of the responses can be a bit harsh. Some of them can be very borderline in terms of how the response is given. And I'm like, oh, it's so borderline, but I don't want to delete it because it has a great message. But the person maybe who reads the message may deem it like too personal, I guess. Or, uh, you know, it's like truth that they didn't want to hear. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> from the first, so and then you they know, take but, offense.
0: Exactly, they take offense, and I I go through a, a whole, huh, I you know a whole ordeal of you know, you know I guess when when two people in the group they they start fighting right or I don't want to say, they have, they they have a disagreement or whatever it may be then. That person will report that person's post and that person will report the other oh person's post. So, like it, in, high. Yeah, so <laughs> it becomes more like, really, you know, and, and today's one, you know, somebody posted. So it, the, the original post was closed, right? It was the closed for commenting. I said, that's it. You know, you can't talk about this anymore. And then the one of the parties, they posted another post complaining about their original post being closed out or whatever happened in there. And then the other party decided to do the other thing <laughs> and say something about that, like kind of like, you know, you have to really you, do you really have to have the final say in this matter? Can we just walk away? You know, can we just, you know, civilly, t- civilly talk about issues, about you know, whatever questions about medical billing and coding? That's why I'm glad you came today, because, you know, if anybody's in the groups, please type in the group Brian Simpson uh, you know, your your posts probably go back to what? Like you could search your post, maybe go back to 2019 or even before that. And, and you know, I perceived it as somebody who truly needed help. And but even so, when you ask for the help, when you you have to be open to yes. the information that is being received. Uh, and and either way, if you agree or if you even not agree with it, say thank you. Because they're I, yes, giving you definitely. the people who are in the groups that um, that are really taking their time to to give you all of this information, do the research for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you yes, thank them, definitely. you
0: know, and I think, you know, regardless if you agree or disagree, you take that information and on your own, you 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 go on your own and you filter it. You filter that information on your own yeah. and you gain your own knowledge, whatever knowledge that those people give you. You know, you could take whatever you want to take. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, set in stone. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
1: No, you... great. Let's take a moment for a quick break.
0: I listened to a lot of podcasts, and one product that I was curious to try out was Magic Spoon cereal. Magic Spoon is the high-protein, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, wheat-free, naturally-flavored, totally delicious, childlike cereal for grown-ups. Now you're probably thinking that it tastes like cardboard. I did my research on similar cereals and decided to give this brand a try. I subscribed to the variety pack that includes frosted, fruity, blueberry, and chocolate. And really, to my surprise, they really tasted great considering that it was supposed to be a healthy cereal. So far, my favorite is the fruity flavor. They also have nutty and cinnamon flavors too. I've already tried the variety pack for a couple months now and swapped out my subscription to try out their cinnamon flavor. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, 3 grams net carbs, and 11 grams of protein per serving. They have a 100% happiness guarantee. If you are not completely in love with their cereal, they'll give you a full refund. So go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code GEEK at checkout. Again, go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code Geek, G-E-E-K, at checkout.
1: And now back to our show. Yeah. You know, and I fall in the middle of a lot of, on the CDI sites, the RN versus HIM. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: and um, you know I'm neither yeah
0: you're neither you're one, like in the middle ground
1: <laughs> I, I've learned from amazing RNs and I've learned from very intelligent amazing articulate CCS RHIT RHIA so I, I just see the best of both worlds mm-hmm. and Every once in a while, when when you see that argument and that rift going on, I'll mention that I'm in RRT. And many times, a nurse will say, oh, my husband's a respiratory therapist and he's trying to get into the field. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, And I Mm -hmm. say, bone up on your clinical knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, ask to take a clinical knowledge exam. Most -hmm. places, I think that's standard. You know, ask to take that. See if you can be given the opportunity to get your foot in the door and show that you know more than just ventilator flow volume loops and blood gas
0: yeah because because they they base upon your your flow sheet notes
1: (laughs) you know oh yeah it's
0: it's very limited you know and i'm like you know when i looked at the notes i'm like that's it but then but They know so much more. They know so much more on how to do that. There's a lot of fine tuning, a lot of, you know, adjustments, you know, FIO2, (laughs) SBO2. I'm like, yo, what did all of these little things mean? And it's it's so
1: it's cardiac output, Mm -hmm. the wedge pressure, so many things, you know, as a respiratory therapist, not that there is one bright moment, but respiratory therapists have at least gained more awareness because of the pandemic, the COVID-19 situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've been brought a little bit more to the forefront and not just seen as, you know, we we refer to ourselves often as the stepchild. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a lot of times we're overlooked, but when there's a crisis, a lot of times we're the first people called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then some people think we just bring oxygen tanks. <laughs> no. You, you know, no. <laughs> so it's, you know, I don't know. I just... And I always just um, was always trying to learn. It would ask questions, and you know, just not not that I ever felt I had to prove myself, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you make yourself known, typically um, the nurses, the staff will know your name, and not just refer you as respiratory, Mm -hmm. which, which you get, especially in bigger institutions. Well, there's x-ray, there's respiratory. I'm like <laughs> there are 400 nurses here. I know their names. There mm-hmm. are 40 of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's that's you make a good point is that if you're if you're trying to make a mark in wherever you're going to be, you know, maybe be a respiratory therapist, maybe a nurse, maybe even management, maybe in coding, mm-hmm. maybe in um in in HIM. The way you do it and, and just going back to your approach, you know, there is a certain approach to uh, networking. There is a certain approach to moving up the career ladder and you can't do it in a way that, you know, kind of forces it. And I think you've and i always refer to the word organic. You know, you organically grew yourself into the to the role of CDI. You, you organically grew yourself into the network of CDI. It's not like you forced yourself in there. Um, and, And you mentioned like, you know, you as a person trying to move into a new area that you're trying to figure out or you're trying to get into, you have to organically and professionally and respectfully, you know, connect with the people that are in that field in that area and i think you know by listening to you and i've done this as well this is how i i move my way along in cdi is you know you talk to one person the nurse get to know them uh, develop a good connection go to the coders uh because i'm about to do a presentation up in indiana and and talking about the the bridging the gap between cdi and and coding and i'm going to tell the story of how you know, when I first started, uh, I nobody was talking to coders. <laughs> nobody was talking to the coders. Oh, yeah. So I went there because I had zero zilch, nothing. I had no clinical, no coding. So I, I was forced to go, not forced, but I had to do it. I had to go to the to the nurses. I had to go to the coders, not my manager, but I went to the coders. One of the lead coders who's been there for like 30, 40 years. Of course, I'm going to go to them. Wow. And and in the meantime, develop a connection, develop a relationship, uh, make them laugh. That's number one. Get to know their name. Say, hey, good morning. Every time you see them, you know, you develop that connection. You have to connect. And I think that's especially because of social media. We miss that. We miss that, you know, entirely. And then when I move into CDI, you know, you, you, yes, the nurses, the coders, but then the physicians, Right. And and one of the things, and I did this the 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 act um in two thousand nineteen. My my presentation was about connecting with your physicians. How do you if you connect with your physicians organically, you can you can essentially get them on board to your CDI program. You can't just slap on the wrist and and be the, the person that says, well, if you don't if you don't answer my query, you're gonna get in trouble. And that's not really the way to approach it. it does, but, yeah. No. Yeah. So I would go to, you know, every physician I would, you know, number one, how are you doing today? <laughs> because mm-hmm. because you look really sleepy. I, you know, I, I just saw you because I, I, you know, I, I always track when the last document and the last document for let's say, for example, was like at midnight. And then I'm seeing them at seven in the morning. I'm like, hello, did you sleep? Right, right. You know, did you did you get enough rest? Are you OK? you know, do you want me to, to to hold this glory for you tomorrow? You know, those type of things, you know, in terms of trying to connect with them and and really be human. You have to be human along the way of trying to move up organically through the the chain, whatever it may be, even in podcasting, you know, podcasting, you have to organically connect with people. And I think that's what I've done uh, is, is really connect with people in a way that is, and I've always said, When you see me, and we're doing this on Zoom, what you see in Zoom, when you see me, hopefully one day, you know, out of the blue, this is what you're going to get. You know, you're going to get me. (laughs) There's nothing really filtered. And I I could sense that, you know, when I'm talking to you or when I see. And that's why I I switched over to Zoom. It's like I I need to see the person because if I don't see the person, I really can't connect. So
1: I will be attending that seminar virtually, by the way, in Indiana in oh, no, the end, okay, cool.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So they, they gave me the topic, and I'm like, you know, when somebody gives me a topic, though, right? And 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 for those that listen to the podcast, every time I'm given a topic that is new, I always do a podcast episode before that. So guess well, who's going to be the case study? In oh, my- there we go. <laughs> So you know the stuff that we just talked about. Guess what is gonna be on the presentation? And guess what, your your picture is gonna be there as a case study. Because because every time I do a um, like you know I've been doing rounds with uh, what's the presentation I've been doing? Whatever it, it is a CDI, just a CDI. Um, this is really just an overall uh, introduction level CDI. How to navigate through CDI. How to do a chart review, etc. But in between the sections, I always put a a podcast episode. Uh, So, like, for the last ones that I did, I put Dr. Cecil Mhoko. I would put Kelly Astis. I would put Glenn Krause. I would put Dr. Zouane. And all of those people, they have a story. And, and, you know, usually when you tell the story in the presentation, that's how it would be. And for the one in AHIMA, you know, I'm going to put the guest that's before you, Bertram, Bertram Lancico from renowned talent in terms of telling stories. You know, because every time I, I asked him a question, he would immediately tell me something that happened in his in his career that would answer the question. And it was great. So for you, uh, bridging the gap between CDI and coding, I said, Well, I would probably pause and then say, look, here's somebody in the middle ground your case in the example, Brian <laughs> Brian Simpson, uh respiratory therapist and I would go on and say, said well here's some bonus content. We're uh, right now over an hour of content, so that would be great. Uh yeah, so that's how I would do it. And every time I every time I have questions, like if like for example if I'm doing a YouTube channel, Victoria Mall, something that I looked at. Um, if I have questions mm-hmm. about risk adjustment, I think I might have somebody coming on. Uh, some things like what's what's the other one? Data analytics. I have a, a couple questions on. Uh, the term blockchain. I think that I've mentioned that in my in in LinkedIn a while back, but I've, I haven't gotten to it. Blockchain. I, what what the heck is blockchain? So, so there's healthcare blockchain. I don't know. You know, and that could lead into things like, you know other stuff as well but you know i have stuff that i need to know about and i'm going to find somebody who can answer that for me and 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 (laughs) i selfishly do the podcast for me but then and turn it around like you know what if if that's the case you know if if i'm get if i'm getting these people on you know might as well have an audience to do to listen to it as
1: well position engagement um i'm very lucky that i work with some you know a great staff of hospitalists Mm -hmm. that are extremely receptive. And on the rare occasion, if it's a new hospitalist and they don't respond um, after a couple of attempts, you know, usually just a phone call
0: mm-hmm. for me,
1: I've worked from, I work remote yeah, permanently. So not just the pandemic, but you know, every time uh, I had one hospitalist and she was a little problematic. And now, I have no hesitation in contacting her Um, and it's nice when you get a response back Mm. on the rare occasion that the physician doesn't agree with us because they're so receptive to what we're asking they usually give a very nice um, educational response yes Um, that's good you know and uh, you know I I have one doc that I will send her a text message and say after you've seen ICU bed 8 will you please call me if you get a chance usually it's like 32 seconds Mm -hmm. and she's Mm -hmm. calling. So I have to have my charts and everything ready. And it's just been a great experience and just an extension of working clinically. I mean, to be able to reach out to physicians like that. And um, well, I still have some things that are intimidating if I'm going to ask about, but um, I'm very fortunate that I, I don't have any physicians that respond aggressively or, um, you know, that, get ignore. I can't remember the last time I've had a query not addressed. Just very fortunate. <clears throat> so again, something else that makes my job easier.
0: And again, I think it's, it's all about the approach. When you approach the physician a certain way, can you answer this query? <laughs> Come on. They're not <laughs> going to answer that question at all. <laughs> you know, you know, get to know the physician, get to know where they're at in their work. Because I think that's most important. Where are they, where are they at in their day? When is the most appropriate time to to ask the question about the query? You know, and and this is where you have to learn to observe what their habits are and, and learn how where you can fit in. Because any because because I, I used to have this physician uh, in South Florida that I really connected with, and uh, used to. Um, like the, the physician lounge was was a place where nobody can go, right? Nobody, it was off limits. But every time I ask him, hey, Dr. So-and-so, uh, are you available now to uh, answer this query or can we talk about this case about, come to the physician lounge? I'm like, really? And so, you know, in order for you to get into the physician lounge, you would have to have the key. I didn't have a key. So I would be texting him, I'm at the door and he would open the door for me and then I would walk in and then it's like, it's like for a CDI, when you walk into the physician's lounge, all the physicians are there. So it's like a buffet of, like, getting your answers queried <laughs> at the moment. But do I, do I go out there and, and bother them while they're eating their lunch? No, you can't do that because it's not the opportune time. Anyways, so he would come to me. I would go into their charting room and... Um I would work with that one physician with it and in the meantime if I'm seeing any physicians around, hey doctor so and so, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> just here. How are you doing? That's it. I'm not going to bother you what today, you, like? you know. <laughs> I'm not don't I'm not here to bother you. Just just this yeah, one today, you know. Exactly. And I, you know, I would respect I would respect their space, or you know. How you doing? Yeah. I mean, look at you like this. <laughs> Dude, or the, one, like this, the ones I... that it would get and we're doing this on zoom oh. the ones that would get is like this hold on like this right so it would be like this hey dr so-and-so and they would do the slow turn like <laughs> <laughs> like that like that slow turn of their chair like who the heck is trying to address me you know uh and you those are so
1: penny for your thoughts <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, there's always an avenue, at but they're least. they're thinking for,
1: as they're turning around.
0: Yeah, they're like, "Who is this guy? Who needs me now?" Because they're probably getting a lot of, uh, you know, messages and calls from case management, from medical directors, and whoever right. it may be to bother them. Yeah, I mean, you really, you really have to get in there, uh, and and set
1: the boundaries. That's that's all it is, you know. For me, it I usually can't work eight hours at once. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's even hard for me, you know, to sit in a chair for more than a couple hours. Um, Just the discomfort and, you know, my breathing. Yeah. So I typically will work, you know, maybe four or five hours in the morning and then take maybe three hours off Mm -hmm. and then punch back in at four o'clock or so. Oh, nice. That's when I let the queries fly. (laughs) Because... (laughs) You know, their morning rush, last thing you want to do is contact them at 7.30 in the morning when -hmm. they're trying to get as much accomplished as quickly as possible. So I never, plus I I always wait until I give the physician a chance to see the data that was collected that morning.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm
1: not going to send a query about this lab test or this CT until the doctors had an opportunity to see it and review it
0: yes you know True, so true
1: it, it works out great for me and query response by breaking my day into two parts
0: yeah that's that's interesting because there was you know i re- I remember there used to be in our department you know conversations like you know can we do this at night you know sometimes there are physicians who come in at night Ooh. uh someone who can we have like you know it's, it's like Usually CDI is like Monday through Friday, you know, eight to five, whatever it may be, you know, standard uh, business operation time. And what about those times that those physicians come in at night? Because you know, you always, I always look when they document, you know, and you make a good make a good point is like, don't let the query query fly. Don't don't Mm -hmm. immediately send out the query unless the unless like so. Here's my point is, the data that you see that you're going to put in the query don't send it out unless the physician has seen it and made had the opportunity to make a decision on it you know and sometimes i see queries on the on the on the concurrent side right where they send it and i would ask my, at least to myself did this doctor even see this you know like the like the the, mm-hmm. the 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 urine like for example UTI is a big one. The urine culture comes positive, <laughs> and and then and then you look at the time that the doctor last documented. I'm like, wait, this this doctor hasn't even seen this culture. Why are you Why are you gonna ask this doctor if this has the patient has a UTI? You haven't given the opportunity for the physician to make a decision. So it's like right. really, <laughs> it's like leading. <laughs> It's like you're baiting the physician to, like, you're just literally giving yourself a query, but really, the physician was going to answer it anyways, and you're going to take the win for it. Come on, man. Come
1: Order on. the antibiotic. Yeah. 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 I, our hospitalists work 12 hours, and they work Tuesday through Monday. So I have what I call no query Tuesdays.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Because those docs are just coming in. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen these patients. It's just the same thing. Give them a chance to see the patient, to evaluate the patient, to formulate asking them a query that they're going to answer anyway. Give them a little chance.
0: Uh, I was going to say that, you know, you mentioned the, 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 the Tuesday to Monday, right? So, like, I know there were some physicians who work like, 10 days, like, a week. Like, or maybe 10 days straight and they get 10 days off or seven days on, seven days off. And, uh, yeah, like, especially when they like you want to capture them or ask any questions before they leave. Right. Because <laughs> otherwise the physician coming in, whoever, it may be, the hospitalist, they're going to have no idea because they're going to say exactly. they're going to answer the query every time I did not see this patient. I did not see this patient. Even though everything is there for them to see, they're they're going to say, well, I didn't see this patient and I can't answer. <laughs> like, oh, come on, I can't know?
1: answer if it was POA.
0: Yeah. I mean, come on.
1: Are you asking me if it was POA? They've been here for five days. <laughs> <laughs> you know. They because
0: don't have the time to go diagnosis
1: back. diagnosis just showed up.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this uh, podcast up again. I, I mean, gosh. We could talk for days, and uh, appreciate you being on part of the podcast uh, and telling your story. And uh, you. we got some great con- got got some great information on how you approach uh, trying to get advice in the in the CDI world or whatever world. So that's great. Uh, so I'm gonna ask the one of two questions before we leave. Number one, uh, what does the future hold for you? I know you've gotten whole bunch of credentials, uh, you're in CDI, what's the next thing that you're looking to do?
1: Well, you know, I I really have the best case scenario for me and my health at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have thought about relocating, um, but you know, I unless I have a change, an improvement in my health status, I, I'll be content doing what I'm doing until so I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I work for a great facility, you know, great physicians, an amazing boss that, you know, um, I couldn't ask for anything more. So I really am very, very content. I'd like to become more involved maybe in some organizations and, you know, and, and learn to do more and maybe contribute over the years. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy where I am.
0: Yeah, no, I, I see you being a, a contributor. Like you have a lot of, you know, wealth of knowledge now. You're you're gaining a lot of uh, exposure in CDI, so I can see you contributing a lot. Like use your fingers, type away, you know, uh, share your thoughts, you know, share your experience. And I'm sure there's a lot of respiratory therapists who would like to follow your footsteps, uh, getting into CDI for sure. So, uh, you know keep on doing what you're doing and uh, hopefully, you know, other respiratory therapists or even non-RNs would be inspired with what you've done into getting into that role. What best words of advice could you give to our audience?
1: I think just try, try to be determined um, and focused and always be learning. And as I say, you know, take things, One day, one step, one breath at a time. And um, you, you have to put the work in. And, you know, it in certainly in this field, we're always learning whether it's new guidelines. Um, so I think it's just a matter of dedication and working for what you want.
0: So there you have it. That is part two of my interview with Brian Simpson. Brian, thank you for being on the podcast. You could check out Brian on social media, including LinkedIn, Facebook, and even Instagram. His handle is lungwarrior underscore RRT. And lastly, I do want to wish everybody a happy Labor Day. So hopefully you are not working on Labor Day and getting an opportunity to rest and spend time with your family. So there you have it. That is my part two. <laughs>